Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Ready to go, Daddy-o. You know, is there anything more annoying on the planet than vocal fry? You know that thing? Have you ever listened to uh, Howard Stern's show uh, on Sirius? He always talks about it. You know vocal fry, uh, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, he sounds like a croaky. Like a Kim Kardashian uh, kind of thing, you know? I, uh, I love to pet my pet poodle. Uh, oh, it's so <laughs> annoying. So Joe and I, before the show, sometimes mess around. We do a little mic check. Yeah. Check. <laughs> Even that's irritating. Isn't it annoying? Yeah. Yes, it is. So I saw a story I'm going to put up in the show notes that I usually only put political stuff, but there's an interesting story about if an asteroid was coming to Earth that they found a new way to potentially divert the asteroid. This is not a joke. Asteroids track from, from crushing and annihilating humankind. Preparation A? Preparation. <laughs> it's a lot of preparation A. It sure is. That's some big asteroid. <laughs> yes. Um, no, they was gosh, this is that con- this is like this is D-rate comedy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> no, it's good. But Paul always loves it, of course. Um, they can paint it, paint it. Now I don't know if that requires hiring a lot of painters to actually paint the darn thing. But I, I'm going to put this article. It's actually pretty interesting from Gizmodo that if they paint one side of the asteroid, Joe, yeah, yeah, a different color than the other, it'll absorb some more sunlight and it'll divert the path. So I thought that was cool. I'm going to throw that in the show wow. notes. Take a look at that today. Yeah, interesting, huh? Oh. Um, listen, I got a lot to get to today. Um, on a very serious note, it's going to be time to dance a little bit again, folks. Dance, baby, dance. We got the shirts coming out soon. We got the shirts. Paul is working on them. All right. They say, you got to dance, baby, dance. Well, it's time again. So we'll get to that. And I have uh, another piece of information on this case that uh, it's just getting more and more puzzling on this rush. I'm telling you, I'm, gonna, I gotta, I'm trying to crowdsource because my audience has been great and my sources are good, but they're limited on stuff too. They're all limited to specific silos of the case. Mm. My one specific guy is good on, you know, justice department type stuff and other thing. And another guy's good on different stuff, but you know, putting the whole thing together is interesting. And I, I have a question. I want to, I want to, I think I have the linchpin to this thing. So I need to crowdsource a little bit. So we'll all get right. to that too. All right, today's show brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition, who have been doing just phenomenal business. I talked to Miles last night, and uh, he wants to thank you, our loyal audience, for sticking with their terrific company. They've been with me from the beginning. It is one yeah. of the best nutrition supplement companies on the market, and Field of Greens has been flying off the shelves, which is entirely unsurprising to me. I told Miles a long time ago, Miles, listen, uh, th- this new generation is not the the donuts and a cigarette generation for breakfast. Remember that, Joe? <laughs> Remember right? it. That was, yeah. that was it. That was your generation. Remember? I used to wake up yeah. in my house. There'd be donuts on the table, and my mother used to smoke, and they'd smoke a cig, and that was yeah, breakfast. That was it. You know? Ready to go, May- baby. Maybe some, <laughs> maybe some OJ, if you were lucky. That was your fruit and vegetable for the day. Your vegetable was the tobacco plant, nicotine, <laughs> and your fruit was OJ. Well, listen, our generation got smart. We realized that the key to good health is good nutrition, and the key to good nutrition is voluminous consumption of healthy, vibrant, life-inducing fruits and vegetables. Now, I, I, I listen, I'm lucky. I work from home. I can eat the hell out of fruits and vegetables all day, and I do, but I still take Field of Greens. A lot of you don't have that opportunity. This is great. You take it. It comes in a nice you can container. You can take it with you, right? It's a ground-up fruit and vegetable patty. It's real food. It's real fruit and vegetables ground up. They just get the water. It's not fake. It's not extract. It's not that OJ in the can, that frozen concentrate. <laughs> Remember when we were kids? Oh, yeah. The, the cylindrical can. These, the kids have no idea what we're talking about. But oh, the, yeah. you, if, you're, if you're Joe's age or my age, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Frozen OJ, you'd mash it up with the wooden thing and you put some water. This isn't that. This is legit. This is blueberries. This is raspberries. This is cherries. This is exotic vegetables you're never going to get your mitts on. It tastes great. I think it tastes like cherry. I think it tastes like a little blueberry, too. A little raspberry in it, but it's delicious stuff. Go give it a shot. It's your fruit and vegetable insurance. Field of Greens. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Go check it out. Field of Greens. All right. So yesterday... uh, Hold on. Sorry, I had to put on a fan. It gets hot in here quick. It's Florida, you know. 
You, you open the window in Florida, it's it's 50 in the morning sometimes. In the spring, get up, it's 95 an hour later. Uh, Citibank, Joe, we're going to have to dance a little bit here against yeah. Citibank. So Citibank came out yesterday with a statement. Uh, some guy, Ed Schuyler, who's their executive vice president. And Citibank wants to, uh, they want to be politicians, Joe. Um, oh. They want to be legislators. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. You want to play? You want to play ball? Let's get on the field, baby. This one's a bunt. So Ed Schuyler, who is their uh, executive vice president, Citibank wants to play politics and restrict the purchases of rifles uh, and high-capacity magazines. They have yet to define what a high-capacity magazine um, exactly is. Mm. But Citibank has said that if you know if you have their cards, they're going to restrict purchases of those items on their credit cards. And Joe, this is a doozy. Um, this it comes out of the totalitarian Mussolini-type uh, regime. Yeah. This, st- this statement's incredible. Those who refuse to adhere to the new rules, well, this is uh, IJ Review from IJ Review, but I will put this article in the show notes. Those who refuse to adhere to the new rules, according to this executive vice president, Ed Schuyler, said they will need to, and I'm quoting here, you will need to transition your business away from city. Really? Okay. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Wow. Well, that that's not a boycott. We're just listening to Citibank, right, Joe? That's- I want to be clear on this. I am not advocating a boycott at all. I'm just advocating you take advice from Citibank. You don't agree with their policy? Consider my business transitioned away. Folks, you know, I keep telling you, I know it sucks. I get it. I let me. Can I just give you a quick inspirational note here? I, I, again, I'm not trying to be your preacher. This isn't a self-help show, okay? Yeah. It's not. I'm a flawed human being like everybody listening. But I dance all the time. Every day, Joe and I have to get involved in decisions for the show that sometimes Mm -hmm. involve us turning money down. Things that I'm not asking for anybody's sympathy. Joe and I do very well. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying dancing is part of our lives and it has to be part of yours. It's going to stink a little bit. Some of you may have a city card. You may have a credit card you got to balance on or whatever it is. You You may do business with them somehow. But... I'm not telling you to boycott them. I'm just telling you to listen to City. They're telling you to transition your business away from them. So I would strongly encourage you to go dance, baby. Dance and listen to Citibank. Thank you, Citibank. Right? Transition. Now, I want to... I had a note here because I haven't thanked uh, you, you all enough. I have been inspired deeply by all of your emails about you all dancing out there and fighting back. I really, really have. It, it is, uh, please keep sending them. I, and my sincere apologies for not being able to individually respond to everyone. I've tried. I've gotten about 75%, but I'm getting so many that I can either read them or respond to them. I'd rather read them. So I read them and I respond to as many as I can. Please keep sending them. They are so incredibly, deeply inspirational to me that I've had some small effect Um on, on the actions of others is very humbling, by the way. I didn't, I really didn't give that rant that day about dancing with any intention other than to air some grievances I had about <laughs> people who refused to get involved. Um, I didn't think it would inspire so many people to do stuff. But now it's time. Uh, it's time to do again. Now, on this, to be fair, I don't have city, I don't deal with city, city bank. So for me, I, I can't say I'm leading by example and I don't lie to my audience on this stuff. I'm not going to say, hey, I'm going to go cancel their car because I don't have it. Yeah, me either. Um, no, but if I did, Joe, you know me well. You know damn well I'd be on the phone today. <laughs> There'd be the scissors clipping hey, it up over the garbage cut, can. Cut, yeah. Hashtag cut the card, buddy. Spread it around on Twitter. Cut the card. I'd be doing it right now on Skype, and I'd be I'd be putting it on Twitter. But I don't mm-hmm. have it. Um, I, I did in other cases, and I did have to transition my car insurance away and some banking away from other yeah. companies at a different time until they changed course. Mm-hmm. That was a pain. Took me about you know four hours on the phone. I don't think this will take that long. But uh, again, I'm not encouraging anything other than for you to listen to uh, Citibank and Mr. Schuyler himself. Transition your business away. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Ed. (laughs) Thanks for giving us a little direction on that one. Now, as I've said about dancing before, too, we don't have to win every single fight. We're not. The left engages in a 30-front war on us intentionally to keep you distracted in one direction while they come from the next one. But it reminds me a little bit, if I may uh, give an analogy. There's a, f- a friend of mine who I grapple with in my... By the way, people have asked me what my belt is. I'm not really a belts guy, but I am a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, if you're interested. So I get a lot of emails on that. Mm. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, and I was talking to one of my buddies last night in a Brazilian jiu-jitsu school. In regards to the left, how they take us on in multiple fronts at the same time. He was telling me a story. He's a, he's a Czech guy and he's really tough. And he said to me, you know, I got into a, a lot of street fights growing up. He, this guy's like the toughest guy I've ever rolled with, Joe. He's a beast. I mean, he feels no pain. I had him in a triangle choke <laughs> one time, so tight with my legs. I have huge legs, like really yeah. enormous legs. The guy's face was like green. Like it was beyond purple <laughs> and he right? would not tap out. He just refused. Finally, my legs got tired. I'm like, I, I, I told his name's Yurka. I'm like, Yurka, I, I don't get it. Like, do you seriously, do you feel pain or you just ignore it? Or <laughs> how does that work? <laughs> the guy could not breathe for like a minute. He was like, <laughs> he wouldn't tap. He's the toughest guy I've ever met in my life. So he was telling me the story about growing up in the Czech Republic, how he was constantly getting jumped. And he said, you know, he was a tough kid. And that he he got jumped by these six or seven guys one time. And he's like, listen, my theory on this whole thing was I don't have to. I'm going to take a beating here. And he did. He still got scars from it. But he goes, one of these guys is coming with me. So that's what he did. He just focused on one of them. You don't have to beat all seven mm-hmm. guys. But he got enough in on another guy that dissuaded them the next time from jumping him again. Because the six guys, they didn't want to be the one of the six guys. to get, You know what I'm saying, Joe? Yeah, yeah. To have a felt the wrath of Yurka. Well, I abhor violence in all forms. I just want that out there. I mean it, but only in self-defense. I shouldn't say all forms. Self-defense, it's obviously acceptable. But I will say this. That strategy is an effective one when fighting back uh, against the left and companies that want to do politics. You want to do politics, city? Great. Do it. It's a free country. I am not ever going to suggest any government regulator come after you, any government official do anything to you. You are absolutely free to encourage people who believe in the Second Amendment to drop your business. I'm just telling you, we will. Thank you. Thanks for the advice. See you later. Bye-bye. Have a nice day. Sayonara. Farewell. We will listen. We don't care. You are not going to affect our lives. Ah, Maybe you'll cost us an hour on the phone or so. So we dump your credit cards. We dump your business. We move on to someone else. But remember what I told you. We don't have to win against all these companies. You know, folks, to be honest, I don't know. Other companies, other banks may follow suit tomorrow and say the same thing. That's okay. That's okay. You do that too. Eventually, one won't. And we'll transition our business there like we have over time. But all we have to do is make an example of one. And in this case, the example is obvious because they're telling us what to do. Leave. Transition your business away. Consider us transition, folks. Thank you, City. Remember, you don't have to win everywhere. You just have to win a few of these things. Dick's Sporting Goods, hey, Dick's, we don't, you know, we think we're going to get involved in this political fight. We're going to stop selling assault weapons. Assault weapons. What, what, what are assault weapons, Dick's? You know, the scary ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Assault weapons. What are non-assault weapons? Uh, what do you mean? Assault weapons. A category that has no non-category, right? right? Everything that's a category has a non-category, right? What's a truck? Is a truck a car? No, a truck isn't a car. What's an assault weapon? Uh, I don't know. What's a non-assault weapon? I don't know. You have no distinguishing category what, the perimeter to put a fence around what an assault weapon is. Oh, but Dick's wants to ban their sales. Oh, okay. Well, I'm done with Dick's. Dick's Sporting Goods. <laughs> Joe's famous line, of course, for that. It's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Joe, Paula couldn't stop laughing when she heard that. Dick's. <laughs> she loves that one. Thanks. You may. I mean, I'm, I'm done. You Listen, Dick's Sporting Goods, it's just as easy for me to shop somewhere else. They want to follow suit. I'll shop somewhere else after that. You're not going to shut us all down. You don't want to let us use uh, city cards to purchase a high capacity. What does high capacity mean? I don't know. It just means something that looks long and scary. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying anything. I set myself up for that one. I ain't touching it. (laughs) I know you're not. (laughs) Even better. High capacity magazines. You get oh, fine. We'll pay cash. If we don't care, you're not going to win because we dance here, and we will continue to dance every single time. You can't win. You can try, but this is a war of attrition, and in the war of attrition, it is the side here that constantly continues to fight in the face of what seems like insurmountable and overwhelming losses. It does sometimes. I know it. I sense the frustration, but I still don't sense any, uh, for every email I get, Joe, someone says to me, oh, you know what? I'm ready to give up. I've had enough with the left, the college campus stuff, the spying on Trump, the IRS targeting, Mm -hmm. the taxes, the spending. For every one of those I get, I get 20 more emails. Someone saying to me, you know, a, 
Um, a guy sent to me sent me an email. You know who you are. I'm not going to give your name. He sent me an email last night, Joe. He said he was in a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. There was a TV on. All these little acts. Man, I love you for them. He's in a Starbucks. He says to the bar- barista. I mean, listen, barista, like, whatever, dude. The barista. Is that like the new age term for people who give coffee? You know, <laughs> it reminds me of like, you know, when they, when they used to ask, what, what does that name mean? And uh, it means it means man who serves coffee. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, woman. I, so he asked the barista uh, woman or guy, he says, hey, can I, you know, can I get the remote for the TV? It was on MSNBC. He changed it to Fox. Yes! <laughs> Dance, baby. All right. It's small. I get it. It's a small. I I get it. I totally understand. It's small. I totally understand. But man, does it matter? These little small acts you guys and ladies email me with every day. Do it. Do it. Yes. Do it. We have yoga guy from couples retreat. Do it. Just keep doing Uh, another one. Um, A gym I go to who shall remain nameless. Owner of the gym grabs me the other day. He says, hey, uh, guy came in here and they have Fox News on in the gym. He goes, guy came in and was complaining about how MSNBC wasn't on. Gym <laughs> owner looks at him and goes, nah, we don't put fake news on here. Yeah, dance, babe, do it. Yes, do it. All these little things add up because what does it do? It gives the opposition, the ideological left, the anti-civil liberties crowd, the political activists in Citibank, it gives them the impression over time that, damn it, this enemy is not going to be vanquished. Remember that quote I gave you the other day on the show? During the, was it during the Tunic Wars? The poet who said, uh, an enemy is not vanquished until he considers himself so. Right. You haven't lost until you consider yourself losty. Until you've gotten very losty and you feel lost, you ain't lost nothing. The left wants this fight to end tomorrow. Arrest a couple of uh, civil servants who won't sign a marriage certificate. Bankrupt some bakers who won't bake a cake. Put on, make sure MSNBC is propagating fake news in every Starbucks in America. They just want you to stop. They just need you to stop fighting. They need you to slowly acquiesce to City. Oh, okay. We'll still use your credit card, even though we can't buy, quote, high capacity magazines. What does that mean? We don't know. Just don't buy them. They just want you to give up. Continue to use the card. Don't spend an hour to cancel the card. There'd be too much work. The lefties will tell you. Wouldn't life be so much easier if you just go sit in your Starbucks, watch your MSNBC, have your coffee, and pay with your city card that hates the Second Amendment? No problem, folks. Just give up. Nah, I don't think so. Nah, no thanks. I think we'll just continue. I think we'll just continue on until the last television in America has got Fox News on. That's it. The last one. Everything (laughs) else has MSNBC and CNN and every airport. There's one last TV. We're going to get up in that thing and go, give me the remote. We're going to turn on Fox News. Thanks. Just to annoy you all in the room. (laughs) We are not vanquished until we consider ourselves so. And I refuse to consider myself vanquished. I don't care if every credit card company enacts the same policy. Start. You know what? Great. You know what, Joe? That would be the greatest thing ever. Hmm. Obviously, you wouldn't be able to cancel everyone. But sooner or later, some company will come out there and say, you know what? We'd like conservatives to come on over to us. They'll get all the business later on. It will happen just like Fox News took away. Oh, yeah. Oh, play him again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, macho man. Eventually, (laughs) one company will come in like Fox News didn't swoop in and take over the whole audience of credit card people. But this is a good thing because America has too much debt anyway. So credit card companies may inadvertently, Joe, be helping our financial situation in the United States. Mm -hmm. There'd be nothing better because then you know what we'd all do? Hey, don't pay with your credit cards ever. You probably have to keep one, but now we'll just pay in cash. We dance, baby. We will not consider ourselves vanquished. Despite your efforts to degrade us morally in the public space, to combat us on 30 fronts in the culture war, we will not collapse. No thanks. Not me. But thanks for trying. 
It's given my life a mission. Remember, when you understand you're here to suffer a little bit, every single one of the world's religions has that same central tenet, the value of suffering. Mm. When you understand you're here to suffer a little bit, not here to have a good time. It's great to look into your kids' eyes and see them smile. You're not here to be miserable. Joy is a wonderful thing. But if you were happy all the time, you wouldn't know what happiness was. But remember the Bernard Malamud quote I told you about from the book The Natural. He says, uh, you know, we all have two lives. The one we learn from and the one we live after that. The only path to true happiness is through suffering. It's the only path. There's fake happiness, there's drugs, promiscuity, whatever you got, temporary happiness everywhere. But the only path to true happiness is through suffering. Don't forget that. Take it on. You know what to do, folks, about Citibank. You know what to do. All right. Um, I got a lot more to get to. So, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about this show. You've given me a voice, and gosh, is it inspiring sometimes. There are these... This Mueller thing is a smokescreen, mm. folks. I have never, ever been more convinced. And I've got a piece of information for you that's quite damning about... My, let me just give you the central tenet, the umbrella theory about what I'm operating on so you understand where we're going with this and you're crystal clear when we're done. The Bob Mueller special counsel investigation, I have been saying for a long time, I said it on Hannity last night on Fox. I am thoroughly convinced, given my experience, some sourcing, the book we're writing and putting together, which is being thoroughly researched by our friend Matt Palumbo, me, and I'm writing it in conjunction with uh, Denise McAllister as well. Mm-hmm. We are spent. We spend all day on this case. I have never, ever been more convinced in my professional opinion that Mueller, Mueller specifically, Joseph, was appointed for a reason. Hmm. He was appointed... In other words, Mueller was the one guy who had to be appointed special counsel because he's the one guy who could run an investigation exclusively designed as a smokescreen to distract you from the real case here, which is the spying scandal on the Trump team. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Appoint Mueller, have Mueller investigate Trump, although Trump did nothing wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. As a way to use the Mueller smokescreen with the media and other people in the general public to distract you from the real scandal, which was the spying operation on Trump. I've got some new evidence of this. Hmm. It's it's old but new, and I think it's going to be interesting. Um, Hey, before I get to that, uh, today's show is also brought to you by our buddies at Freedom Project Academy. Hey, today's schools are, listen, they're nothing like we remember. You know, now it's all about safe spaces, liberal propaganda, safety and learning have taken a back seat, which is kind of disgraceful, folks. And even though technology offers us a lot of new opportunities to learn, they do. It's been great. I think we can all agree that a lot of our traditional moral values that were once woven into the fabric of our classrooms have practically disappeared. That's why you need to consider our friends at Freedom Project Academy and their fully accredited Judeo-Christian classical online school for kindergarten all the way through high school. We love these guys at Freedom Project Academy. We're talking about an incredible interactive education where students attend live classes, live classes, folks, every day with teachers and fellow classmates from all across the country. You want to talk about real diversity and inclusion? That's it. Not the liberal version, right? Freedom Project Academy doesn't accept a penny of government funding. It allows them to stay committed to teaching students how to think, not what to think. This is a propaganda free operation here. Families can enroll students full-time or start with a single class. It is entirely up to you, but you got to get there fast, folks. Classes fill up really fast here, and enrollment ends in July. Go to freedomforschool.com. That's freedom, F-O-R, freedomforschool.com. And request your free information packet from Freedom Project Academy. That's freedomforschool.com, freedomforschool.com. Don't forget to tell them that Dan Bongino Show sent you. We love those guys over there. You'll be very impressed. Okay, here's how I want to hammer this home about the why Mueller was critical to to run this smokescreen operation, right? Mm-hmm. There are two things I want to focus on. Scandals that have to be hidden here and why Mueller is the perfect guy to hide these scandals. You already know, for those of you who listen to episode 628 on, how the Obama team spied on Trump. We don't need to relitigate that in this show. The two scandals, Mueller's perfect to hide are the verification of the information used to to go after the Trump team in the FISA proceedings and the verification of assets. I'll explain this, I promise. 
The verification of information is scandalous, and it's scandal number one, and Mueller's the perfect guy to hide it. When I say the verification of information, I mean how the hell did bogus, discredited, nonsensical information contained in that dossier, how did that make it, that information, make it into the court system, the FISA court system, the mo- one of the most serious ways to go after anyone, the, a secret court you have, by the way, used to prosecute terrorists and the biggest dogs and animals among us, mm-hmm. the FISA court. How did information that was false, entirely debunked, make it into that system? And how did it bypass, Joe, every obstacle to stop fake information from getting into the system? How did that happen? This is a critical question. Now, folks, since 2001, the FBI and the Department of Justice have tried because they had some issues in the past with unverified information making it through the system. To the FBI and DOJ's credit at the time, and there was someone in charge when this happened. (gasps) We'll get to that in a second. I want to get ahead of myself. Since 2001, the FBI and DOJ have tried They've they've made a concerted effort to stop fake information from making it into the courts. Okay, it's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. For the obvious reason, the FBI and the justice system, number one, it's immoral, it's unethical and potentially illegal if it's done with malicious intent. You can't have bad information about Joe Armacost used to spy on Joe Armacost in a foreign intelligence surveillance court or the judicial system is going to fight back and the American people are going to fight back. So they instituted a procedure in 2001, Joe, called the Woods Procedure. And the Woods Procedure is designed to vet information to ensure that information is verified before it gets into the FISA court system. Okay? Okay. This is important stuff. Try to follow me, folks, because this is going to be an eye-opening moment when I get to the, uh, the coup de grace here. Now... The Woods Procedure, here's a quote about the Woods Procedure from A Piece in the Hill. It's a little bit older. It's a few months old, but I will put it in the show notes today. Please take a look at Bongino.com. I will have this piece. Of sh- it's a it's a must, must read piece by Cheryl Atkinson. The Woods Procedure's design, Joe, is pretty simple. Quote, to ensure the accuracy of, uh, with regard to facts supporting probable cause. So you need probable cause to spy on someone in the FISA courts if they're an American citizen that they're acting on behalf of a foreign agent and in violation of U.S. law. So if I think Joe is helping the Russians to collude to overthrow the United States, I have to prove by probable cause a series of facts that establish probable cause, which is a level of, uh, of, of evidence uh, above reasonable suspicion, mm-hmm. but beneath beyond the reasonable doubt. So, I mean, I don't know how to explain it to you in common sense terms. It's a blank ton of information, include verified information that points to the fact that Joe's probably our guy. Okay, it's not a conviction, but it's got to be verified information that accumulated in in a collective sense that indicates that Joe's probably the dude. Okay, it's the best kind of common sense down to earth way to explain it. Mm -hmm. This Woods procedure was designed to ensure the accuracy of that information with regard to the facts supporting said probable cause that Joe is our guy. He's a spy. Make sense, Joe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Procedure okay. in place to make sure if I want to spy on you that the facts are the facts. Little Joe Friday. Now, this procedure involves a complex chain of command in the FBI, which I'm not going to go with because it's not it, – it's 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 – it's all procedural nonsense you won't really care about. But it, it, in, in essence, it's a right, field office. It goes up to the head lawyer in a field office. It goes up to FBI headquarters. At each chain in this command, Joe, mm-hmm. those facts, say I say Joe um, Joe was involved in a, in a golden shower moment in Russia, kind of like Trump, right? Joe's like, really? Where'd you come out with that one? All right. I. At each stage of Joe's golden shower story, as the information is passed up the FBI chain, someone's supposed to ask the question, well, how do you know that? Well, he said it. Well, who said it? Well, how does he know it? It's supposed to be verified. There are multiple chains in the FBI field office command and FBI headquarters that are supposed to vet and verify this info. (laughs) This is before the info even leaves the FBI. When it leaves the FBI chain of command, Joe, Mm -hmm. this is where it gets interesting. It goes over to DOJ and attorneys from the 
National Security Division are supposed to verify the assertions in it. Now, if you're a regular listener to this show and you followed this case intently, bells should be going off right now. Bells, whistles, alarms. Paul Revere's running through the streets right now. Paul Revere and the Redcoats are coming. This will make sense in a minute. The lawyers are coming. The lawyers are coming. <laughs> They're them too, by the way. Yeah. So why is that interesting? The facts in this case that were supposed to be verified in the case of the dossier used to spy on the Trump team were clearly not. Now, who was running the National Security Division where, quote, Joe, attorneys from the National Security Division after it leaves the FBI are supposed to verify assertions in it? Who was running the National Security Division of DOJ at the time these facts were supposed to be verified? Huh. Well, his name was John Carlin. Who was John Carlin? Remember the the names. John Carlin used to be Bob Mueller's chief of staff. I'll be be damned is right. (laughs) So a series of facts used to basically use the court procedure to spy on the Trump team were never verified appropriately. According to a procedure known as the Woods Procedure, The Woods procedure ends up in the Department of Justice, National Security Division, for either a penultimate or final sign-off, right? Mm -hmm. Where they're supposed to verify facts, which in the Trump case were never verified. The guy running that division at the time was Bob Mueller's old chief of staff. Oh, oh, what better guy to appoint as a special counsel to sweep all this stuff under the rug. Oh, and by the way, Joe. Yes. Just coincidentally, let me read to you a portion of Cheryl Atkinson's piece, a paragraph here, which you will find utterly fascinating about how mm. this Woods procedure and verification of facts and who was responsible for the fine tuning of this procedure. Atkinson's piece. All of this information was provided to Congress in 2003. The FBI director at the time also ordered that any issue... As, wait, hold on. Just folks, seriously pay attention to this. I don't mean to be like a jerk and stop and pay hardcore attention to this. And remember what we're talking about. There was one guy who could be appointed to the special counsel to run a smokescreen on everything that went wrong with this spying operation. I just told you how the verification of the information... Ended up in the National Security Division of the FBI. It was run by Bob Mueller's former chief of staff, and the information was false. The point I'm trying to make now, before I read this, because this next sentence is going to be critical, is that the procedure was fine-tuned by a very specific FBI director. All right. All this information was provided to Congress in 2003. The FBI director at the time also ordered that any issue, Joe... As to whether a FISA application was factually sufficient was to be brought to his attention personally. Who was the director of the FBI when all of this careful work was done? (sighs) Pregnant pause. Robert Mueller. (laughs) Dude. 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 To steal Rob Schneider's famous YouTube piece there. The thousand ways to say dude. Dude. There was no better guy to hide a scandalous unverified dossier. And all of the steps to verify the dossier that were either skipped, missed, or maybe deliberately ignored. In an effort to nail the Trump team, there was no better guy to appoint a smokescreen special counsel who was aware of all that than one Bob Mueller. Tell tell me where I'm tell me where I'm wrong, Libs. Tell me where I spend all day on this case. My entire I have no life anymore. I don't. My wife's ready to kill me. I do this show. I do my NRA TV show at five thirty every night. 
I do an NRA TV hit at 1 o'clock with Grant. I do Fox in primetime. And then I wake up in the morning to do Fox and Friends twice a week. I have zero life. I love my <laughs> life. It's great. Don't get me wrong. I am not a whiner. I'm not a snowflake. And I certainly ain't in a safe space. But I'm telling you, I spend my entire day on this case. Tell me what I told you. Tell me one fact that's wrong. What, Mueller wasn't the FBI director when they instituted these procedures? What, John Carlin wasn't in the DOJ National Security Division when they, quote Joe, verified the dossier Mm. or didn't? Carlin wasn't Mueller's chief of staff? Tell me where I'm wrong. Because all you keep saying is you keep doing this thing liberals do all the time. You go, well, you know, that's just a coincidence. How many coincidences are you willing to accept? I can't say this to you enough as a former federal agent, because this is important. Mm -hmm. Criminal cases are never proven. They are proven beyond a reasonable doubt, which is a series of coincidences. Joe's at the scene of a knifing with a bloody knife. Mm Mm-hmm. Does does that mean Joe's guilty? No, as I said to you before, it could mean some other guy, Joe fought off the attacker with his own knife. Mm -hmm. But then we find out another coincidence. Joe's the guy's neighbor. Then we find out Joe and the neighbor are involved in a property dispute. Then we find out that Joe's neighbor attacked his kid a week ago. Then we find out Joe, coincidence, sent an email the day before to his neighbor. Hey, I'm going to kick your ass when I see you. They're all coincidences. We have no hardcore, affirmative, godlike proof Joe did it, but we have a series of coincidences that build the case for arrest up at the probable cause level. Joe's probably the guy based on this series of verified facts. Mm -hmm. And then we go to trial, we develop more evidence, and you prove it beyond any reasonable doubt that Joe was the guy. Say we have a video. The video doesn't mean, what if the video's taken from behind? Now, Joe, I know how tall Joe is. Joe looks like Elvis. Mm-hmm. But you don't know that's Joe in the video. It's a guy with black hair who looks like Joe. It could, Folks, it could be. Get ready for it. A coincidence. But that's how cases are built. You combine that coincidence with the email coincidence, the fight Joe had with his neighbor, Joe's neighbor tried to beat up Joe's kid the other day, the bloody knife in the hand, and the coincidences lead up to a case developed beyond a reasonable doubt. I'm telling you the coincidences in this case are so unbelievable that for you to continue to ignore them is just you throwing the Constitution out the window and saying, I accept the fact that the Obama team spied on Trump and I just frankly don't care. That's fine, but that's your bag of donuts, not mine. I actually care about the Constitution and what happened here. Folks, so that's, I only got the scandal, I haven't even gotten to scandal number two. So remember the, the take it out to 30,000 feet again. Bob Mueller was the only guy who could be appointed to a special counsel to do what the special counsel was intended to do, which is hide the entire spying scandal on Trump because only Bob Mueller knew the players and the verification procedure. His former chief of staff was one of the final people to verify the info and the process to verify the info. Bob Mueller was an integral piece of developing the process. What better person to run a smokescreen on the process that went after Trump by then focusing on Trump himself, who was the victim of this? Trump was the victim, and now he's the target. What better guy? Bob Mueller. Everybody's scared. I'm not scared of Bob Mueller. Everybody's scared. I'm not. I don't care. What's Bob Mueller going to do? Knock on my door. Get fine. Produce a subpoena. Come to my house. I don't care. Everybody's terrified of Bob Mueller. Like we live in, like it's, he's like a mob boss or something. They are. I'm telling you, everybody in D.C. is terrified of Bob Mueller. He is the most powerful person in Washington right now. He's the most powerful person in Washington because everybody knows Bob Mueller's investigating people, not crimes. And you could be next. Bob Mueller is not investigating Russian collusion. Bob Mueller is investigating Trump and anybody around Trump. When is somebody going to investigate Bob Mueller? Folks, I'm telling you, this thing stinks. Mm -hmm. This thing stinks to the heavens. 
I got more because I want to get on the verification as far an asset, but uh, we do have to pay for the show. Mm-hmm. And I always appreciate your patience. It does uh, mean a lot to me because this next part is going to be, I promise you, just as fascinating. All right. Hey, we got a new sponsor and I'm pretty stoked about them. Um, you know, I always tell the story about how they came on board. You know, I get emails and they say, hey, this company wants to sponsor your show. And, you know, some we say yes, uh, some we say no, but some I get excited about because it's right in my wheelhouse, you know, nutrition companies, things I use every day. Um, and one of them, which has become a staple in my family for a long time. And I didn't know right away when they reached out to be a sponsor. I didn't know this was the company, Joe. Mm-hmm. I found out doing some homework and I was like, yes, let's bring them <laughs> on board. Is Beachbody on demand? Now you may say, wait, 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 Dan, come on. How do you know Beachbody on demand? I didn't right away. But when I did my homework, I said, no way. They produce that stuff? What did they produce? Okay, here's what Beachbody On Demand is. It's an easy-to-use streaming service. It gives you instant access to a wide variety of really incredible workouts you can do from the comfort of your own living room 24-7. These guys kick caboose all over the place. Some of the, Here's some of the history of success. Here's some of their programs. This is how I know them. You ever hear of P90X? Insanity, 21-day fix, T25. You ever hear of this? My wife loves Insanity. Not like my wife loves Insanity. They'll cut that one out, Media Matters. Insanity, the workout program. When my wife had, uh, our, after our second child, Amelia, she used Insanity. I'm not kidding. If she was, if she's listening right now, Paula, you, am I making this up about Insanity? You out there? Yes, you see? There you go. She crushed it on Insanity. People were like, Paula, how'd you get back in shape in like three weeks? Insanity did it. This is one of Beachbody On Demand's major success stories. P90X, I used P90X when we used to travel overseas with the Secret Service because we couldn't find a gym sometimes. This thing was, I'm telling you, it ripped you to shreds. P90X, it was awesome. They have some of the best trainers on the market. Get motivated by celebrity super trainers, you know, like Sean T, Shalene Johnson, Tony Horton, and Autumn Calabrese. They have hundreds of effective workouts for all fitness levels, ranging from bodybuilding to weight training to cardio, hit to yoga, even dance workouts, if that's what you're interested in. My favorite's core to force because I mix martial arts. You know, I love to grapple. Core to force is especially if you have a little bit of fight training, is one of their best workouts. You, you get a nice little six-pack if that stuff matters to you. I know Paula likes it, but don't tell anyone. All right? She, she listens to the show every day. Workouts, they have workouts as short as 10 minutes, and they don't require extra equipment. They have other times, too. The great thing is you can search throughout the website for whatever suits your, uh, your needs. Access it anywhere, anytime, view on your computer, your TV, your tablet, smartphone, Roku. They have over a million people on Beachbody On Demand. So, uh, folks, you can try it absolutely free. Listeners to our show can try it free. Here's what we need you to do. Check this out. I really want you to try this service. It's been great for me. My family loves it. Right now, my listeners can get a special free trial membership when you text Dan B, D-A-N-B, all one word, no spaces, Dan B, Dan B, text it to 303030. That's 303030. Text Dan B to 303030. You'll get full access to the entire platform for free. All the workouts, the nutrition information, and support totally free. Text Dan B to 303030. Thanks for your patience, folks. They're a super cool company. Love them. They've been with my family forever, and they're really great. Give them a shot. Okay. So first, we talked about the verification of info that was a huge scandal. Now we're going to talk about something else and why Bob Mueller, again, is the perfect guy for this. Folks, there also has to be a verification of foreign assets here. Why is Christopher Steele the British spy? Why is he not under investigation, Joe? Hmm. We have a British spy who provided intelligence on a United States presidential candidate that was not verified, as I just showed you, through the faulty verification of information procedure. Some of that information came from Russians, a hostile foreign actor to the United States. That information, which was documented as false, which was which was which was debunked, that information made it into our court system. How is Christopher Steele not under investigation? And most importantly, who verified that foreign asset? Well, if you were going to find a swamp creature that had worked in the government the entire time, who was invested in both the verification of info and ver- in- invested, by the way, in making a lot of this case go away, you wouldn't want them looking either at the verification of the asset in addition to the verification of the info. And the asset was steel. Folks, 
who was the Central Intelligence Agency director while a lot of this was going on? Another noted swamp rat, John Brennan. They don't want anybody looking into John Brennan's role. That is why John Brennan has been lashing out. They know Mueller was invested in the information verification process and has no interest, Joe, in looking into that. Mm -hmm. Make sure you keep the attention on Trump. Make sense? Yeah. But another reason there is because the verification of the info was corrupted, but the verification of the foreign asset in Christopher Steele was corrupted, too. Did you notice how nobody is talking about this? Yeah. Folks, when the... Let me familiarize you with how some of this would work. Foreign assets, there would at a minimum be some central intelligence agency input as to the veracity of their information. Why would that be? Because this is what they do. This is what the CIA does. The CIA is on the ground churning and developing new information every day from sources they cultivate over time. It would be extremely rare in a counterintelligence investigation using a foreign source in Christopher Steele sourcing information from Russia that the Central Intelligence Agency would have no role whatsoever in authenticating this guy as a legitimate source or his information he's getting it from as a legitimate source. Now. I'll give you the liberal comeback to this. The liberal comeback will be, well, Christopher Steele had worked with the FBI before on the FIFA case, the soccer scandal case. So really, they didn't need to verify him as an asset or a foreign source. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Why? Why, macho man? Because it wasn't Steele's information. As Andy McCarthy has pointed out in his National Review pieces so many times, there is no verification of source by proxy. It wasn't Steele's info. Steele said he got the information from another source. That's the guy that matters. If Let me give you an example of this, folks, why this verification of the source matters and why the liberals are running from this. Oh, Steele was a trusted source. It's not his information. If I am trying to get my neighbor put in jail for something he didn't do, like they're trying to do to the Trump team for this fake collusion charge, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I can't walk into a police department, talk to a detective and say, well, I can, but they're going to have to do their homework to verify this and say, somebody told me that he was told by someone else that my neighbor a year ago was a drug dealer. Now, the police department's free to look into whatever they want, but they have to verify that info. What they can't do, Joe, what they cannot do is walk into a court and swear to a set of facts based on what I just said. Hey, um, the, my neighbor, Johnny Bag of Donuts, uh, D- Dan's neighbor is a drug dealer and we need a warrant. Well, the judge would say, well, who told you that? Dan? No, no, Dan didn't say it. Dan said that someone told him who told him. The judge would be like, <laughs> that's funny, guys. That's a good one. Uh, get out of my courtroom before I have you arrested. I'm deadly serious. The judge would laugh your butt out of there so fast. If, not, if, you, weren't, if you weren't fired the next day, the judge would probably have one of his uh, assistant United States attorneys, at least at the federal level, call the field office and be like, don't ever send that guy in my courtroom again. You know what, folks? Truth be told, and I'm not kidding here. You know why that would never happen? Because no assistant United States attorney, lawyer for the government, would sign any kind of petition to the court affidavit. They would they would laugh you out of Eastern District of New York, where I used to work as a federal agent, so fast it would be comical. They would call your... I'm not kidding. They would call your boss. Was it Joe Conway? Used to be the intake guy, the assistant United States attorney where I worked in Eastern District for, as a Secret Service agent doing uh, counterfeit cases and uh, financial crimes. He would call your boss so fast and be like, did you send this idiot in here with an affidavit saying that he heard information from Johnny who heard it from Joey? Please tell me you didn't do that. My old boss's name was Marty. Marty, please tell me he didn't come in. You would never work a case again. Do you understand that's what happened in the Trump case? The FBI said, hey, we got it from Chris Steele. Oh, great. Who'd he get it from? He got it from a guy, a million or something. Million got it from who? I don't know. He got it from Johnny. Who did Johnny get it from? Oh, he got it from a Russian. Um, come again? Where's the Russian? I don't know. This is what happened. 
The verification of information was never done. What better guy to cover it than the guy who helped draw up the verification of information procedures? The verification of the asset was never done. Who would be involved in that? Oh, the CIA? Oh, who was running the CIA? Oh, John Brennan? Does it make sense now how Brennan is so invested in lashing out against the president? He is desperately, desperately trying to keep the smoke screen up and buttress the Mueller investigation to keep the attention on Trump and off him and the real scandal. The info wasn't verified to spy on Trump and neither was the asset because the asset was not Christopher Steele. He was only the vehicle. The asset was Russian. That's where the information in the dossier came from. Russian, Russian sources. Let me say it again, liberals. Russian sources. I'm not talking like rushing for a fraternity. I'm talking Russian like a descriptor of someone from Russia. The country. That place. You don't think the CIA would have some role in kind of shaking some trees to determine if those Russian sources were authentic? Maybe, Joe, they had no interest in doing that. No. Maybe that's the real scandal. Now, wouldn't steal if you needed, Joe. Let me try to, if I can throw a little curveball, and if, I'm sorry if I get confusing. I'm running out of time here, but I want to kind of put the cherry on top of this. All right. What if the CIA director, I'm just asking questions here, knew the information was BS? What if they said to themselves, sitting around a table, okay, this information's probably crap about this golden shower thing and all these Trump connections that don't exist. But what if we went and found a guy who has worked with the FBI in the past And what if we used him as the source of the information and then pushed him into the FBI, into the court system as the source? What if we found a guy the FBI trusted? Who could that be? I think, Danny, (laughs) that would be Carter Page. (laughs) I think you'd be right. Uh, Thank you, Daniel. We need a little Marlon Brando here. This is a Godfather moment. I think that'd be Carter Page. Carter Page had already worked with the FBI. What if we used him as a conduit, as a reason to put a legal face on this spying thing? That would be absolutely terrific. He had worked with the FBI in the past. We, we can say he had association with the Russians. That would be beautiful. We got ourselves a patsy. We got ourselves a fall guy. It would be beautiful. And if what if to verify the information, Joe, here's step two of this. Well done. Well done. What if we had our Patsy now? We have a vehicle. We have an entry point. Carter Page, because he's worked with us before. Carter Page has worked with the FBI to nail a Russian spy named Buryakov in the past. Now we have the in. But what if as a vehicle to provide information on our Patsy, That we know is not true, because remember, the dossier has allegations about Trump, Carter Page, all of this junk in there, right? Mm -hmm. What if the information we use to get our vehicle back into the court system in the FISA courts, because he was our perfect fall guy. Mm -hmm. What if we use a guy the FBI has already worked with, Christopher Steele? Because we know he's worked with the FBI on the soccer case in the past. And then we can say this. We can say, look, the information was verified because it came from Steele. It didn't. But it at least buy us cover to get in the courts with the judge because we can say to the judge, we've worked with this guy in the past and he's reliable, but it's not his info. Now, let me throw another wrinkle in. you. So you got your Patsy Carter page. You got your information on the Patsy that comes from a British spy you've worked from in the past, even though it didn't come from him. How did Steele wind up in this whole mix? So you pick Bob Mueller for the special counsel to run a smokescreen on all this verification process that collapsed entirely in the Trump case. You found a patsy in the passing Carter Page as an entry point to spy on the Trump team. You used the two hop rule to get Carter Page's emails from hop to hop to hop to basically entrap the entire email, text and phone operation of the entire Trump team. 
Then what do you do? You need to authenticate information on Carter Page that's not authentic. So you go and find the perfect guy. Christopher Steele's already worked with the FBI in the past. Therefore, CIA folks, every people working underneath John Brennan and others, what if they said to themselves, let's just say it came from Steele. Therefore, Joe, we can walk away from here. Here's him slowly backtracking away from the verification of the asset because we don't have to verify the asset. It's Christopher Steele. He's already worked with the FBI before. FBI guys, Joe, you go take it from here. Here, Joe, let me do the wink and a nod. FBI guys, you got this, right? Christopher Steele's our guy. Now, let me draw up the last and final connection for you here. It's going to blow your mind. This one's going to cook your bagels here. How would you find Steele? Well, Alexander Downer, who we know, at least according to the New York Times, Australian diplomat with a history of working in the United Kingdom, also responsible uh, in part and signed a government memorandum of understanding between the Australian government and the Clinton Foundation for the transfer of 25 million Australian taxpayer dollars to the Clinton Foundation. We know from press reports that Downer met with Papadopoulos in a London bar where Papadopoulos allegedly told Downer about the Russians having dirt on Clinton. Downer supposedly then contacts American intelligence contacts he has, whether it's through the Australians or not, I don't know. He contacts the American intelligence community. Who? Who did he contact? Was it John Brennan? How did that meeting happen? Why was Downer on the board of Hacklett and Company? Downer was on board the board of Hacklett and Company from 2008 to 2014. Hacklett and Company, by the way, by press reports, a home for former British spies that does intelligence gathering on the private side. Now, who was a former British spy? Oh, Christopher Steele. Now, you may say, well, you just said Downer left in 2014. Yeah, but he's still seen at a lot of these gatherings and mix and mingles with these folks. So Downer's talking to Brennan. They need a source for information they know is false, but a source who's provided truthful information in the past. Could Steele be that guy to find information on a patsy they'd already worked for in the past? Did Downer know Steele? Downer of any, what's Downer's relationship with Christopher Steele? How is Steele connected to Downer? They know each other from Hacklett? Do Hacklett contacts know Steele? How does Downer know Steele? Why was the United Kingdom trying to hide Steele's name? There are multiple press reports after this went down of the United Kingdom trying to keep Steele's name out of the press reports. Why? I thought he was a retired British agent. Why would you care if he was working for a private company and screwed up his information on a dossier? Why would you care? Why was the United Kingdom trying to hide that information about Steele? Let me ask you one final question on this. Mm -hmm. And this is where I need the crowdsourcing to sum up the show. That's how I started. Who set up that meeting between Downer and Papadopoulos? Well, from what we know from our research, it was a, a woman that Papadopoulos was dating. A woman he was dating, who he's now, I, I think they're married now, or they have some kind of, uh, they're still uh, with each other now. The woman he was with was working for a guy at the time named Joseph Miss Food, who took, an, who took a fascinating interest in Papadopoulos after he was hired by the Trump team. Hmm. Miss Food seemed to take an interest in Papadopoulos. Miss Food, the girlfriend, worked for Miss Food. How is Miss Food connected to this entire thing? We know Miss Food has connections in the United Kingdom in the government. What am I trying to ask you, folks? And this is a sincere question. We're, we are feverishly working to crack this thing. It's tough, though, because a lot of people don't want to talk. Did Miss Food start this whole thing? Who is the one? who set that meeting up with Papadopoulos in that bar, knowing that meeting was going to be used as an excuse to contact the CIA and American intelligence agencies to start a case against the Trump team to spy on them that was already that had already begun. Remember, they needed a legal avenue. Carter Page, 
Christopher Steele as a vehicle for the information. What's Miss Food's connection to this entire thing? What's the United Kingdom connection to this higher thing? This entire thing. Does Miss Food know Downer? Does Downer know Steele? And how is it, by the way, that a lobbyist that has contacts with Steele, who tried to put him in contact with Democrats in the U.S. Senate, a lobbyist that knows Steele, also is a lobbyist that works for one of the biggest Russian oligarchs in the entire country. Russia, that is. Oleg Deripaska, who is a friend of Putin's. How are these people all connected? How did they all start this investigation to Donald Trump? And how is it that Bob Mueller finds absolutely, at least to this point, none of this interesting? Or if he does, he's certainly not saying, because he seems to be exclusively targeting people related to the Trump team, not people related to the spying scandal. All right, folks, the interesting webs that have been weaved. We'll get to the bottom of it, I promise you. I'm sorry I didn't get to some of the other stuff today. Um, Maybe next week we'll pick up where we left off here. But uh, I was just blown away by some of the information that came in last night. Thanks again for another great week. Please go to Bongino.com, my website. Check out the stories today. And uh, subscribe to my email list, and I can send them right to your email box. Thanks a lot. See you next week. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at dbongino.